I am having trouble hearing outside of my ears, so this will be interesting. Okay, good start. Wonderful start. Allergy season is upon us, and so I always sound sick. I probably will for the next <laughs> month. Stuffy knows this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. We're here to provide quality content. Yes, we are professional quality content. I also just have to say something because I said it to you, but not to everyone on the podcast. But I, every time I whisper, I think I'm speaking parcel tongue to snakes. I Sabrina lives in a world of Harry Potter and she cannot escape it. It's true. It's very true. Why would you? Why would I want to? It's magical. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I'm Sabrina and that's Corinne. Mm-hmm. And we are your ghostesses with the haunted lives. Spooky, scary lives. When you came and visited, sorry, I'm, now I'm thinking about Harry Potter. Remember we went into that little Harry Potter store? Yes. In Boston when we when Sabrina was here for the live show. And speaking of live shows, speaking we have of. two live shows. Nashville, June 16th, and then July 14th, we're going to New York City. And if you buy your tickets, send us an email like of your screenshot of confirmation, and you'll be entered into a raffle to win free March. And it's for both shows. So if you send us for Nashville, you'll be entered to a raffle. And if you send us your New York confirmation, you'll also be sent entered into a different raffle. Who doesn't love free merch? And who does not love listening to ghost stories late at night before you go to bed and have n- nightmares? The Speaking of spooky things... Okay. Yankee Candle is having a sale, at least they were this weekend, on their seasonal decor, and I may have bought some Halloween decorations. <laughs> <laughs> Someone posted on our Facebook group a photo of this, like, Halloween all-year-round spooky bathroom, and I was obsessed with it. Ugh. My goal in life is to have a Halloween Christmas tree. Oh, that's fun. A Halloween tree. It'd be cool also. You know those hotels that have different rooms and they're all different themes? Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to have a home that's like that, where each room is a different theme, and one's Halloween themed all year round, and another one's like I don't know, carnival. Why do I think of carnival? That freaks me out. Clowns. I don't know, but it's just whatever your mood is feeling. Yeah, and you can go to different rooms depending on your mood. Although I wonder, I wonder if it would take some of the spark away. You know, like what if it know. were Christmas year round, or what if it were Halloween year round? But it's not. That it is Halloween year-round. It's just that you can access Halloween year-round if you so desire. You don't have to go in it every day. And my one true wish for the world is not for world hunger to be solved. It's not for world peace. It is for me, personally, selfishly, to live in Halloween town. So. I also, I, I, you know, I'm going to be lean a little bit more towards world peace and solving world hunger. I'm not. If I get one wish, I'm using it on myself, and I'm leaving this place, and I'm going to Halloween Town. Bye-bye. Catch me at the bus stop. Peace out. We won't out. be able to. You'll be gone. I will. You'll only see me on Halloween when I arrive to <laughs> by the bus. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, no. I'll be down here one. working on solving all the other world problems. Yeah, Sabrina, you can be everyone's savior. You're, you're the angel, and I'm the devil. Yeah. Well, I don't think you're the devil. You know, here's the thing. I just say out loud the things that people are all thinking. Oh, boy. It's funny. (laughs) No, I just think it's funny that you choose to go to Halloween Town. Why can't you do both? 100%. Why can't we do both? What do you mean? 
Why can't we solve all the world problems and then go to Halloween Town? Okay, if I had one wish, I'd ask for two wishes, and then my one, <laughs> my part, of, one wish would say, "Give Sabrina whatever she wants," and then the other one would be for me to go to Halloween Town. Okay, I like that. And then Better. you get to solve all of the world's problems. I also do want a hundred cats, so that might be my second wish. Yeah, I can't wait to open my own like little cat house where I just rescue and have fosters in my back house. And I just, it's all like a catio and it's built up so cute and nice and all the cats can go, meow, meow, meow. God, this sounds like my actual living hell. Could you imagine being forced into it? What is, okay. I wouldn't be able to breathe. I'd die probably immediately. What's your biggest fear in the world? Like mine is being trapped in a room with spiders. Like what's your, like what would be your nightmare? Being lost in the woods at night. That's scary. It's very Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, and it's it's like realistic. Yeah, yes, very, you know, very. Like my, uh, yeah. But you also at the same time want to have a cabin in the woods and just live out there in isolation. So that's a little confusing to me. It's, I confuse myself. Also, I'm so scared of intruders, of break-ins. Uh, and yes. my roommate Elizabeth, I honestly almost killed her the other day. Why? Because she, we, Jill and I thought she was coming home Sunday. Like when she said she's coming home on Sunday, I assume that meant Sunday night. And not actually Saturday night, technically Sunday at the crack of dawn. So she walked into the apartment at like 4.45, 5 a.m. Because that's when her flight landed. And I heard someone coming in and I knew it wasn't Jill. And I didn't think Elizabeth had landed yet. And so I was like, what is going on? And so I slowly opened my drawer. I slowly reached around my body to the weapons that I all keep within arms. Blank. (laughs) And I texted and I said, are either of you in the kitchen? And thank oh. goodness she texted me back because I was about ready to call 911 and, you know, go defend my home. Yeah. Yeah. Intruders are terrifying. I'm glad also it wasn't the a real one. the weapons I have are, are um, they're kind of risky. I probably should just stay in my room because <laughs> when I say defend my home, it doesn't really defend me that much. <laughs> right. Also, yeah, it's easy to say, like, I will defend myself if someone comes in here. But I feel like I wouldn't. I feel like I wouldn't be great at that because I have the flight. I want to run. Yeah confession i so i like to sometimes wear shorts to bed and sometimes i ride up and it gives me like a little wedgie and my butt's showing and uh the other morning i woke up and like my butt is out and then there were these people working like because the water area is right near my window and i was like did they see my butt i feel like that's worse than an intruder if someone can peer into my window while i'm sleeping and see my butt (laughs) that's what you think about well yeah because i was like damn it i can't even sleep in my own apartment in my own bed and show my butt without worrying if people are seeing it well here's the thing and maybe this will make you feel better although often i feel like the things i say don't make you feel good at all. <laughs> we're very different what you wear to bed and having that hike up shows less than what you wear on the beach that's true in your swimsuit in front of four-year-olds in front of 80-year-olds in front of every single type of person bathing suits are so strange it's just strange that we deem certain things as appropriate in certain scenarios and have no problem with it but then as soon as you take someone out of that context and put them somewhere else it's like oh god look at that dare you yeah and also like truthfully what's the difference between a bathing suit and just being naked a lot of things not really i mean men show their nipples all day at at the beach i know but no one sees the downstairs business in your swimming suit, that's covered. <laughs> I, know, I don't like, want... Okay, I changed my biggest fear. My biggest fear 
is that I'm surrounded by people's butt cracks. I hate butt cracks. Except for you also want to live in a nudist colony when you're older and just play shuffleboard all day. (sighs) (laughs) I really live a contradicting life. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we do here too. We tell ghost stories and then are immediately like, I'm terrified. Why are we doing this? (laughs) So I guess there's a theme in our lives. There is a theme. Okay. It really sounds like I'm underwater right now. Like that's the feeling and sensation in my ears. Do you have allergies? Maybe your ears are a little blocked. No. Sometimes this happens either when I work out in the morning or if I'm nervous. I don't know. Are you making me nervous, Corinne? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I don't. Are you nervous that I'm not going to solve the world's problems if granted one wish? Although I felt this before you even said that. (laughs) Maybe I just knew you would say something like that, and I started swimming underwater without knowing it. I'm not going to pretend to be the best person. (laughs) I'm not. And you'll see that when I talk about what I chose for this topic. (laughs) Oh no. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Mine's okay, not yeah. bad. Light in the mood. Yeah. We did so, choose what we thought would be a lighter topic, and then I found what I found. And you went dark. You went We dark. are doing spirit guides. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're doing spirit guides. I don't know if I have a spirit guide. Um, do you know if you have one? I was told I have one, and this is a really weird experience because growing up, I think I told you this. I definitely have said this before, but growing up, I always had this weird kind of love for the name Athena. And then oh, when I went to Greece this. with my parents when I was 12, my family went. I always say my parents, but like my brother was always there. When I went with my family to Greece, <laughs> I just felt this like huge connection to Greece and all the history of it. And I felt like I already knew all the stories. And hmm. I always said I was going to name my child Athena. And then when I was 16, I was – and that was like consistent for years. Uh-huh. And then uh, when I was in Santa Cruz – with my friend Olivia, we went to that one spiritual bookstore and had a reading done, a past life reading, and our tarot cards read. And the bookstore is now closed, so I can't give anyone the, the uh. name. I can't suggest <laughs> it. But during the reading, the woman had her eyes closed the entire time. So she is not going off of your reaction at all. Hmm. But she And she gave me and my friend completely different readings that were so spot on to each of us. So it was like – and I've gone to plenty of readings before and this was the first time that I was like, holy crap. <laughs> like this isn't just guessing. This is way too like intricate and detailed on so many different topics. But one of the things she said was she talked about some connections that I had to Greece. And mm-hmm. then she said that I have a spirit guide and her name is Athena. And Whoa. I was just like, holy fucking shit. Wait, that's so interesting. Yeah, because my, my parents would always say, like, why are you so obsessed with the name Athena? It doesn't make any sense. We're not Greek. We don't have Greek family. And I was like, I don't know. I just feel like I need to name my daughter Athena. And then when I heard that my spirit guide is named Athena, I was like, that's got to mean something. I love the fact that your spirit guide is like, name your child after me. Name your firstborn after me. <laughs> or maybe the name just kept coming into my head. And maybe my spirit guide intended for me to recognize that as like, oh, there's someone watching over me. That's why I know the name Athena. But instead, Mm. I took it as like, I must really like the name Athena. (laughs) Are you still planning to name your firstborn Athena? No, no. Now that I know what Athena means in my life, I'm good with just one of them. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have one. It's interesting because we talk about all these different guides in the universe, like guardian angels, familiars, protectors. And spirit guides, like, they're all kind of one and the same, I feel like. And your spirit guide can 
appear in different ways. Right. And it might it might depend on the scenario because I feel like there are times, you know, maybe your your main spirit guide is someone who's sent to you for your whole life, or maybe there's particular periods of your life or certain spirits or I don't even know what to call them. Angels, like whatever, right. look over you. But also deceased loved ones can act as spirit guides. Right. Yeah. A ton there are a ton of different types. There are so many different yeah. And religion is also associated with different spirit guides. So like some people believe in guardian angels. Some people believe that, you know, you're reincarnated so many times or through your life of good karma, you end up as like a main spirit, mm -hmm. then, you know, helping all the others achieve that right through their lives on earth. Yeah, it's so interesting. I was reading about like how to connect to your spirit guides if you haven't already, or also like sometimes realizing that your spirit guides already there. And I found a quote from Einstein. He what said he say? that God revealed itself in both man and animal. So he himself believed in the spiritual guidance of entities in the world. So if Einstein oh. believes it, everyone should. Yeah, he was a genius. Yeah. And spirit guides or animals will present to you during times when you consciously call on it and during times when your conscious mind is not aware of what you need, but your soul is. So it's interesting, like, your spirit guide or, or guardian, whatever you want to call it, will appear to you in times of need or or even if you just call on it, which I think is fascinating. And there are all those stories we've heard people or we've had listener stories where, like, they see butterflies constantly or birds constantly during a time of hardship and it's right. believed that that is a spirit guide. That is your spiritual guide or guidance coming to you and being like, it's going to be okay. Or even where someone's driving and all of a sudden they hear stop or an overwhelming urge yes. to not go. Yeah. And they're saved from this, what would have been a massive collision. Oh, yeah. It's like this interference of stopping you from making certain mistakes or giving you reassurance in times of need. Yeah. So it's wild. I used to think, and maybe maybe it is her, but I've told you about when I was in middle school, and I had a really rough time in middle school, mm -hmm. the woman with the really long hair and the yes. dark clothing that would be in my room, and I would kind of like feel her like gently touch my hair, and I used to oh. think she must be like my guardian. She must be what my spirit guide. What if it is? Guide. What if it is Athena? Maybe that's Athena. Whoa. And she's just maybe a little more hippie looking <laughs> than I anticipated. <laughs> That's so interesting. She dresses for comfort. It is interesting how like I do think that spirit guides, yeah, they can show up in that way where they have like a physical form and human-like shape, but they can also show up what whether it's a butterfly, a bird, or an eagle, or a cat, et cetera, et cetera. It could be like I feel like any form or shape. Mm -hmm. But so I found if you aren't sure if you have a spirit guide, these are some things that you can look out for that may signify your spirit guide. The first is seeing sparks of light. Like if there are sparks of light around you, that's apparently your spirit guide making you know that it's there. Or also books falling off of your shelf doesn't always mean some dark entity is trying to throw things at you. Sometimes it means your spirit guide is trying to tell you to read a specific book for guidance. Huh. And then also sometimes it said like try free writing and see just like open your mind and then sometimes your spirit guide will write through you. That's kind of scary. But I kind of feel that way when I write. Like when I write, I just feel like... Is it not you? Is it very down a dark hall? It kind of does feel like down a dark hall. Like I I almost feel like my body... I feel like I leave my body because it's such a good intimate art, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
I just I just get nervous about opening yourself up to the point where maybe it's not your spirit guide writing through you. It's something else. I mean, I do write dark shit, so it might be something else. It might be something else, but whatever it is, it got you a job where where you are. So, yeah, you know, <laughs> good for them. I also like the idea because this is the same idea as like having a spirit come through you and speaking like for a lot of mediums, for example, it's the spirit guides who are telling them their information because they are the direct connection to the spirit world. And then like the people, I can't remember the exact word, Claire, where they write? Claire Poe. Right through them. But it's just, it is fascinating, like the the way that spirit guides can help connect you to other people through the spirit realm. Like that's why people go to psychics and mediums to learn more about their own lives. And so the, that person will use their spirit guide to talk to who you want to talk to. Yeah. But if you don't have a spirit guide and you don't think you have one, there are different ways you can connect to them. Meditation is apparently the biggest one. You can use crystals in addition to meditation, which will help open it up. And it gives you like the energies that the crystals provide you with helps connect to the spirit guides. But the most important thing to remember is that with any spiritual endeavor, there is the good and the bad. So should you decide to open yourself up and search for your spirit guide, make sure you're grounded and protected because you don't want a dark entity coming and saying, I'm your spirit guide. No. No, you don't. Possessing you and taking over your soul and dragging you to hell. That would say your spirit guide would help protect you from that. But yeah, sometimes you got to learn from your mistakes. Oh, you know what I wonder? Do people have bad, evil spirit guides? Like, do you think there are evil spirit guides? No. You just think those are demonic entities pretending to be spirit guides? Yes. Okay. I'm curious. Do you think the devil sends out spirit guides, but they're all dark entities? This is so reminding me of a good place. Oh, yeah. It is. The good place. I love the good place. I don't know. There's just so many questions that we can't answer. Yeah. Nope. Okay. But so anyways, if you want to find your spirit guide, apparently if you just like say out to the universe what you're seeking for and what you need help for or with and ask for guidance, but making sure that whatever you're asking for is reasonable. You're not asking for a million dollars to buy that house up in uh, Boston or Maine, wherever you're trying to buy your house, Corinne. I'm not asking for an invisible place called Halloween Town for being yeah. transported <laughs> there forever and for everyone else to live back here in poverty and war. <laughs> I don't think Athena will help you with that. Yeah, I figured. That's why I've never asked for it. Yeah. And then the last thing that was recommended from a website of like how to connect to your spirit guide was be more childlike, like act like you're seven years old, which I feel like is so much easier said than done. But the idea is that because children are more open and they can, you know, they can see the paranormal world without all the restrictions that we put on our lives as adults. I find it very hard to even act 25 because I feel like I'm 80. Yeah, me too. And you know what my boss said the other day? She said it was such a millennial thing. For millennials to identify with older people. That it's like not a thing that they used to say, but it's such a millennial thing to be like, Ugh, I'm 25, but really I'm like 70. But I say that all the time because I feel it. I really, my bones are getting weary. My weary you physically bones. feel it, but I mentally am like so ready to just kick it back in my garden and be like, say whatever comes to my mind. Lose my filter. And sit around nude. whatever man (laughs) i am so okay so i basically i'll get into what i actually chose so i chose to talk about the spirit guide the cat which is obviously surprise (laughs) surprise i wrote in our excel did you see that i said shocker right because i don't know my spirit guide and i feel like i'm so connected to cats so i i feel like if i were to have one it would appear as a cat 
or it would be a cat. I don't really know. But I was doing all this research and I was like, this is me. I fit into this so perfectly. What does it mean if your spirit guide is a cat? That you're a crazy cat lady? (laughs) (laughs) No. 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 Do you think when you eventually go through all of your lives and you reach nirvana, you reach the end of your soul, the completion of all of your learnings, that you will become a cat spirit guide? I hope so. That sounds amazing. This this topic is interesting. I know we briefly talked about it and you seem to have a very different experience in researching this topic, but I feel like spirit guides in general appear for similar reasons, but the spirit guide themselves and what form they appear in means different things. It's kind of like astrology and you're open to your interpretation kind of thing. And so I connect a lot to this because one, I think I'm very similar personality-wise to a cat. So... <laughs> A cat spirit guide is fanciful, magical, cunning, curious, mysterious, and independent. It appears when you need self-confidence and reassurance, and having it as your spirit guide symbolizes that you are highly perceptive and observant of what is going on around you, and that you are more inclined to listen rather than voice out what you're thinking all the time. So all of this kind of makes me think that like your spirit guide is chosen based on who you are, you know, like it fits your personality. Yeah, I would think so. That's what I just kind of assumed, that it's like the universe already knows what type of person you'll be, mm-hmm. or like at least the the bones of what is given to you, and that they assign you someone hoping that, you know, they're the best one suited for your life that you're about to live. I wonder if it's like Athena's training you to then be someone else's spirit guide in the next life, and you have to do it the way she is. I have been told that I am, I've gone through many of my lives already. Uh-huh. But Maybe not all that's of them. why I'm ready to kick back. <laughs> Throw me some shuffleboard materials and call me Athena. You're going to change your name just to be I like am. Athena? Okay, so if you have a cat spirit guide, you're able to pick up on even the slightest of signals and help those in need. Like, I'm going to help solve world peace. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend I can, but I would love to be able to. You're self-sufficient and independent and you love your own company. Speaking of, this is why I feel very attached to it because I did this research on the day that I literally stayed in bed until 1 p.m. and watched 13 hours of TV and read a book for two hours. I literally did nothing on Saturday. It wow, was the best day in the for world. your soul. It was great for my soul. I love my own company. The cat knows the ways of the magical realm and will come to your side when called or needed. And the cat is drawn to energy so it will stay close to you because it like needs to be around your energy to like be there in the celtic am i saying that right yes not the boston (laughs) celtics but the celtics in the celtic tradition the cat spirit guards the gates and secrets that lie within the other world and the cat spirit is sometimes connected to seridwen which is the goddess of wisdom and magic and also in norse tradition the goddess freya has two cats by her side And she presides over sexuality, wealth, and all things beautiful. And she sends her cats out to spread the gifts. So I actually knew that because when I went to Iceland, there was a like historical museum that I went to. And it had all the information on Freya because Freya is an Icelandic name. And she's an Icelandic goddess. Mm -hmm. And I sent it to our friend Freya. And I was like, look at that. Our Freya, who doesn't quite enjoy the company of animals, is named after an animal goddess. Yeah. But because of all these connections to goddesses, it's like, 
oh, cats are otherworldly. Like they have this connection to magical realms and kind of a higher power than most other things on Earth. And in folklore, cats can shapeshift and walk Earth for long after they're dead. They literally have nine lives. But apparently these supernatural spiritual cats can actually get sick. And so in folklore, people would, or based on folklore, people would put out little saucers of milk by their cows so that the spirit cats can drink the milk and prevent themselves from being sick. So now I want to leave little saucers of milk out on my deck. Oh, I saw a black cat yesterday. I didn't tell you. Uh. I came in, I drove into my driveway late at night and there was a cat, a black cat sitting in the driveway. Oh, And I got out of my car and I said, hi, kitty. And it ran from me. I would say, I'll be sad if your spirit guide is a cat and mine's not. (laughs) I'd be so jealous. That's what you get for judging me for my (laughs) one wish, Sabrina. I didn't judge you. I just... Yes, you did. Very openly. I just disagreed with it. (laughs) (laughs) Which friends are allowed to have different opinions and we're allowed to disagree. It's okay. (laughs) But you can't be too upset if I happen to be a, a cat goddess. No, I can. I can be jealous and I can be envious because I deserve a cat. (laughs) so yeah leave saucers of milk out by their cows i don't have a cow so i'll leave it on my deck and as with any spirit guide the cat can appear at different times and different moments in your life whether you need guidance a warning or a reminder that you'll be okay and so a cat appearing in your life means you may soon experience something sensual or magical or that you need to inject your life with curiosity and magic and then so in that manner it seeks to bring you desire and freedom and it's like they they compared it to like how real cats will, if you open a door, they try to find a way to escape. It's not because they don't love you. It's just because they want freedom. They want to explore new things. Like when Leia ran outside and chased a squirrel all the way up a tree. Which is amazing because the squirrels in California are the same size as cats. It's true. And sometimes the cat will appear when you need to change things up and be more flexible. I'm just going to compare it to me in many instances. Like me. When I can't, when I like for some reason can't follow my calendar and I get so stressed and anxious and I don't know what to do with my life, I just need to be more flexible, you know? Like, cat's telling me to like just relax. It's okay. Yeah, ride the waves. Ride Sabrina. the waves. It's okay. A cat is known for being, this is what I love. It takes what cats present as themselves, like in real life, what cats are and how their personalities are translates to their, their spiritual guide selves, right? Cause it's like they're the, still the same animal. And it's giving you the messages of what it is like to be a cat. So a cat is known for being quite agile and able to get out of its way out of situations due to its flexibility. And that is something else that you're going to have to do in order to really get anywhere in life. You can't just be so structured that you don't know how to deal with new things. Yeah, that is some advice that I would give to all corporations. Yes. (laughs) Having studied what I studied. Mm-hmm. If you do, if you're not flexible in the way that you operate your business, and with the new workforce coming in and the new demands, you must be happy laying in your grave that you built for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You need to learn how to change your approach and adaptability one hundred and one. Yes, adaptability. You have to adapt to the environment you're in because not everything's going to work the way you want it to. No, never does. Has anyone lived a life where everything was exactly the way they wanted it to be? No. Never. And if you Not do... Not without causing extreme hurt to plenty of other people in the in the process. Right. And if you are more flexible, it will then be worth it and help you make progress in life. You don't want to be in one place. You don't want to be sedentary. You want to move forward. 
Okay, so then the cat spirit guide is similar to the spirit animal, the fox, because it can signify keeping secrets. Either you're keeping one or someone in your life is about to tell you one or someone is keeping one from you that can potentially impact your life. Alternately, if you know of any friends whose spirit guide is the cat, it means you can trust them with your secrets because people with cat spirit guides hold secrets, even their own, very close to the chest and viewed as sacred. And it's said that if you tell a friend who has a cat spirit guide a secret, you should also tell them when they can tell people or when it's okay to release that secret because they will be very anxious about it and keep it very close to their chest. I was going to say, if they keep their own secrets too, do you think that that's very healthy? Probably not. Sometimes you just got to unload. You got to release. I have so many secrets. Sabrina, do you want me to be all ears? You want to release my secrets? Yeah, I'm actually a great person to tell secrets to because I almost immediately forget them. <laughs> I never, people will tell me that they'll be like, oh, I told you that that one time. And I'm like, what? And they have to tell me it all over again, like three different times. I never remember anything anyone tells me, which is actually something I'm trying to work on because I'm mm. like, does that mean that I'm selfish if I'm only remembering things that pertain to myself and not others? <laughs> it might mean that. I feel like people come to me with their secrets a lot. This I'm just identifying so deeply with this cat spirit guide. Because everyone comes to me and is like, I need to talk to you. Can you please not tell anyone? That happens to me too, but I think it's because I forget. Or do you think I'm the cat spirit guide? I'm just no, trying to No, you you're not, now. Corinne. You're not allowed. <laughs> the That's one okay. fight we'll ever get in is about this. Literally, you don't want me to be a cat spirit guide. <laughs> Can you imagine if that broke our friendship? Something that we don't even know to be a true, real thing. Just a no. possibility that there are cat spirit guides and that I could be one is why our friendship <laughs> Oh, God. I'm sorry for trying to get under your skin. I apologize. It's okay. It's okay. I forgive you because I'm guided by a cat that's telling me to be flexible <laughs> and adapt. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is my favorite episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm only halfway through my <laughs> no i'm more than that anyway spirit guide cat great it's for me okay if you see a cat in your dreams it's asking you to see clearly and look closely at the things happening around you because not all things are as they seem and it's like there are different beliefs of what different colored cats mean appearing in a dream so if you see an orange cat it portrays dramatic change so you're so supposed to prepare and stand tall and be ready to be flexible because something is going to change drastically in your life and you are very flexible you can do the splits i can do the splits only one actually i can only do the one with my left leg in front still counts i can do zero <laughs> and then if you see a gray cat in your dream it's a symbol of harmony peace foundation and love and then white cats are representative of your psychic self and it's saying that your gifts are growing and to nurture them i've never seen a white cat in my dreams i do have leia but she's I was just about to ask, what color do you think she is? Because she's kind of like a sandy gray. She's dusty. She's dusty. She's a dusty little kitty. A cat nipping at you in your dreams re represents neglecting something important. So it's like a reminder. Like, you need to remember. It's the remember all from Harry Potter. If the <laughs> Also, but Leia nips at me all the time and it's because she's hungry. So maybe the cat spirit guide is hungry. Just want some little milk. Leave the milk out. If the cat is crying, which I hate seeing cats cry, sometimes little tears come down Leia's eyes and I'm like, oh, are you okay? But it's an omen of sorrow. 
So it's just that something sad is going to happen to you. And then if a cat follows you around in your dream, it means you have a secret admirer. Ooh. Ooh. Also, plus the cat likes to remind you to enjoy sleep and not to push yourself too hard to give yourself that extra cat nap and enjoy an extra cat treat. And then as with any spirit guide or animal, it can appear at different times, but those are kind of more of the more prominent situations that the cat is associated with. For example, the cat is also associated with femininity, which I think is very perfect because when I was a kid, I I thought I had this belief, which I think I had for a very long time, that all dogs were male and all cats were female. So I already associate cats with femininity. You know what? I kind of do that too. Right? I wonder why it is. I don't know. I automatically, when I meet a dog, I call him him or he. Her. Yeah, she. But maybe it's because the dog's – my family dog was male. And Did you have all female cats growing up? Uh, Yeah, but I also had a female dog. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like the stereotype of like masculine animals and like feminine animals. But I also like – I think cats and dogs are always like compared to each other. And so – I always thought they had to be different genders. Huh. What do you think about horses? I always associate them as being male. I don't know. I think feminine because I used to ride horses and it was always a female horse. Lady horse. Lady horse. Anyway, cats represent femininity and it makes sense in my mind. Another reason I'm connected to cats. (laughs) I'm just going to plant this in your mind as if none of you knew that I loved cats. Yeah, you don't have to give us reasons. You don't have to justify (laughs) your claim and give examples and evidence. Thank you. Just, yeah, we believe you. Yeah, but okay, so the cat may appear if you're having issues with a female friend or coworker in your life. And so that's kind of interesting. I've never had a cat when I appear when I had, and I don't have issues with friends, so maybe that's why. I was just going to say, do you have an issue with me? (laughs) I'm a pretty, like, low-key person. I don't fight with people. I can't. I don't have it in my heart to be mad at people. I just get sad. I just, when I feel it, I say it, but very even, in like a very even-keeled way. So I don't really get in fights. I get more in like conversations. Like, hey, I'm sorry, but you did this and it hurt my feelings. Can we address it? Yeah, just like this bothered me. Just like that? I hope you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) My brother and I were talking about it, though, because... We did you have iMessages? Did you do iMessages in elementary school? No, it's I was like iMessage on iPhone. What does that mean? No, oh my gosh, it's so ingrained into both of us. We both realized that we don't ever get like we don't like really raise our voices or get really really intense because it's so ingrained into our person now. Because all from first grade through fourth grade, we practice the iMessage. What is that? Every time you were upset by something or if someone did something to you, there was literally a chart that showed you it was like a fill in the blank. It was like Mad Libs, but it was like, I feel blank because blank and I wish blank because blank or something like that. Well, Corinne, I feel sad because I really want a cat spirit guide. And I'm sorry if it hurt your feelings that I said it that way. (laughs) And I'm sorry if I made you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, this is a great, therapy thing that you learn speak in right? eyes don't project and don't assume how someone else feels or don't accuse right. don't accuse be like you did this because that's not going to get you anywhere right it's the i message it's all about i i i me 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 i like that not you 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 right okay so also if you see a black cat as 
we've said a million times, black cats are not bad luck. Actually, if you see them, if you are presented with a black cat, it actually means that you have an increased psychic ability and that they're there to help you connect to the other realm. Wow. And if you have a cat as your spirit guide, you may have a natural affinity for the fae or fairies working with energy similar to those kind of creatures. And it also means you are self-assured, you're clever, you're watchful, you're protective, also secretive and mysterious. You don't open up to just anyone, but but above all else, the cat is honest and will keep their word. There are also some things to be cautious of if your spirit guide is the cat because spending so much time with yourself can make you distant from others and you can also be manipulative and use your intelligence to get your way, which honestly doesn't sound that bad. (laughs) Sometimes you need to. Sometimes you need to outwit others. Yeah, you do. Okay, and then I'll end with there are a few stories of how the cat became or a few legends of how the cat became such a spiritual animal. In Norwegian stories, there is a forest cat that is made of fairy blood, and if you stare into this cat's eyes, you will see visions of other dimensions, realms, and magical creatures. And then it's said that Siamese cats, similar to Leia, that their fur was believed to have been purely white until one of the gods picked them up in admiration, which I love the idea of this massive giant god seeing these cute little tiny cat faces and just picking them up to admire them. Like, oh, you're so cute. And because of the way that the, because you know how you grab cats by their scruff on their neck? That the way that the gods picked them up, it left like this magical thing on their scruff so that it has like the grayest coloring. And so that's how Siamese cats got their coloring. And because of that, they are physically touched by gods, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh, I love that. Mm -hmm. In fact, at one time, the gods wanted cats to oversee the world. But the cats were like, nah, I don't want to do that. And so then the gods had to choose to put that task upon humans. So God, gods wanted cats to rule the world because that's how great and powerful and magnificent, magnificent they are. I mean, the Egyptians were on to something. They right? already knew all of this. They knew. And then myths in the Far East are littered with cats, including goddesses like Li Shu, who had a cat form. Cats also participated in the creation and at one time may have been able to talk like humans. What if cats did choose to rule the world and then humans were the ones who meowed and they're the ones who talked? Ew, we'd be such weird creatures. <laughs> and cats owned us as their pets. I don't know. I kind of trust a talking cat more than a meowing human. Kind of true. And then, okay, last thing I'll say. In both China and Japan, you'll see statues of the beckoning cat near doorways of homes, temples, and businesses. And it represents happiness, harmony, success, and luck. And in early Japan, cats guarded manuscripts housed in pagodas. And only the noble could own cats. So they already ha- they have this like very noble, magical, like higher power being mm-hmm. existence. So that is the spirit guide the cat. And uh, I am putting it out into the universe that my spirit guide can come visit me tonight. I would love to see you and I'd love to confirm my suspicions. <laughs> the more that you described it, the more that I think that it does make sense that you have a cat as your spirit guide. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Yeah. I believe it. You put it out and I am buying what you are selling. Thank you. You've trained your entire life for this episode. I feel grateful that you are receiving what I'm putting out there because I needed this today. You also should feel grateful that cats are no longer only accessible to those who are noble. I mean, I'm pretty noble, so I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) 
<laughs> but can you imagine being a cat lover and you're not allowed to have one and just being like, oh. I know. Sucks. I'd be PO'd. Yeah. Maybe that's what creates evil. People can't get the pets that they want and then they just go a little insane. Yeah. I, I was thinking about it the other day. Leia was just like sleeping on my stomach. I was thinking about this yesterday to correct myself. Leia was just sleeping on my stomach and purring so loud and I was like, this is calming me down so much. Like it is my therapy. Just having her on me and like the feeling, I don't know. It's just like something so powerful about the way that it feels having her. Are you aware of cat ASMR? No. Oh, yeah. There is cat ASMR. What? I watched one the other day. You? It seems out of character for me. It's very out of character. Okay, well, can you send that to me? Yeah, he was getting, or sh- he or she was getting combed or like a little feather or something, just like rubbed and they were purring. It was, <sighs> the cat was purring and it was picking it all up on the mic. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was really intense. Oh, that's really cool. Okay, need that. Need that. Need that. Okay, so what the heck did you choose that's so scary and... Well, it's not really scary, but it's more... (sighs) All right, well, I'll tell you... Let me just start. I'll get there. I'll (laughs) tell you why I chose this topic or part of what contributed to me choosing this topic. Okay. There is a woman at my work, and she has a friend who's had two near-death experiences. Two? Two. Two separate near-death experiences. And this friend also took shrooms one time. And he told her that the experience he had while under the influence of shrooms was extremely similar to what he experienced during his two NDEs. And Hmm. so he got me thinking that maybe certain drugs and medicinal practices might be equated to spirit guides or like openings to the spiritual realm Hmm. if those things feel so similar to certain people. So I started looking into plants as spirit guides. Oh, whoa. That's kind of cool. I know, right? I thought it was. I thought mm-hmm. I was being really creative. But instead, I'm just probably going to be treading in some <sighs> water. People are going to yell at me and think that I'm promoting something. So we'll do a little disclaimer in a minute. But yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Whatever, you guys. Anyway. Uh, Plants are often used by shamans in their spiritual practice. And shamanism, just as a refresher, it's a variety of ancient techniques such as spirit channeling and stone healing and a bunch of other things that are meant to heal and expand consciousness. And shamans are in touch with both the good and the bad evil spirits. And they can get in touch with the spirit world through trances, which Hmm. they reach through these rituals that they perform. And it's pretty much the OG religion. It has been around forever. And oftentimes when we talk about shamanism or when shamans are referred to here in America, it's often in relation to Native American traditions and culture. But shamans exist all over the world. And shamans, the ones that I'm going to talk about, are down in South America. Hmm. And during the rituals with shamans, they often consume alcohol, they eat magic mushrooms, and they ingest other hallucinogenic plants to help them make contact with the spirit world and to provide greater understanding of what is around them. Is it like peyote? Close. The plant that I'm going to talk about is one that has been increasing in popularity in the previous few years, and it's said to truly aid the shamans and other people's, uh, just aid them in contacting the spirits Hmm. of nature. And the plant is ayahuasca. Oh, I've heard of ayahuasca. Yes, ayahuasca. So 
Before I go into more detail, I'm going to do my little, my little spiel. I want to say straight up right now that ayahuasca is a drug. And we here at Two Girls, One Ghost do not condone the consumption of ayahuasca. It can be very dangerous. People have died in cases that have related to ayahuasca. It is very much illegal in the United States. There are actually some rehab centers that offer detox programs from ayahuasca. And you should not take anything that I say throughout this whole episode as fact or as absolute truth. As this is a hallucinogenic drug, it does contain DMT, and the things I will tell you are just what people have said to have happened while under the influence of this drug. And I just, you can believe what you want to believe if you believe that any of these things have truly happened, or if you think that it's a result of the different chemicals in people's bodies, whatever. But TGOG is in no way promoting the use or ingestion of ayahuasca. Thank you for protecting us legally. That was very well done. Do you think that that was clear enough? <laughs> that was very clear. And I think if, if someone does it and says, well, TGOG talked about it. No, we didn't. We we gave a disclaimer. We said, don't do it. Yeah, there is the that disclaimer. Very well done. I feel like I've done that before. There's been episodes before, though, where I've been like, oh, but this could be because of that or that or that. And this might be this. And someone will just take away the like one sentence that they wanted and get mad. So I want yeah. to just be like, it's a drug. It's a drug. It's for sure okay. a drug. And we don't condone it. We don't. We don't condone you doing it. All right. Ayahuasca is made from a vine that is commonly found in Peru and in other countries down in South America. It's it's in the Amazon rainforest, and, and oftentimes mm. Peru is the place that people think of when thinking of ayahuasca. Okay. The vine's scientific name is Banisteriopsis copy, and the leaf is Psychotria viridis, and together... The vine and the leaf make ayahuasca, hmm. also known as the vine of the souls or the vine of death. And people will take the vine and the leaf and they'll make a brew out of it, which acts as a visual hallucinogenic. The potion then transports the drinker to another plane where they are said to be guided by the plant, this plant Mm. spirit guide, into other realms to learn about existence and whatnot and to heal their body, mind, and their spirit. Wow. Ayahuasca is said to be the portal into the spirit world and the mixture is often referred to as la medicina or the medicine. And it has been used for thousands of years for spiritual and medicinal practices in South America. I looked up how many vine species exist in the Amazon rainforest. And the answer is around 2,500. So it blows my mind. The people figured out that if you take this vine and the leaves and mix it up together, boil it down or whatever, that you basically have a psychedelic drug. You know what else blows my mind is – This is just a fun fact. So did you know that artificial vanilla is actually made of beaver butt goo? Wait, okay. Beaver butt goo? Goo. It's like the liquidy goo that comes out of beaver's butts. So the idea that someone tasted a goo out of a beaver's butt and was like, hmm, this tastes like vanilla. Let's use this instead of using vanilla bean and make fake vanilla. Isn't that gross? Never having artificial vanilla again. Right? Madagascar is never allowed to have a vanilla shortage ever again. Yeah. Isn't that super gross? That reminds me of an episode of, uh, what was it, Bear Grylls, whatever his show was. No idea. And he 
he was showing like what to do in this certain area if you don't have water and he took elephant poop and he just squished <gasps> elephant poop and drank the liquid out of it i was like here's some water i was like oh sick oh oh so yeah we if, also if- do not condone the consumption of elephant poop or beaver <laughs> butt goo <laughs> no but i just think it's comparable in what you were saying of like there are so many possibilities in this world of like plants animals all these different things like how does someone then find a plant that has these medicinal or hallucinogenic properties right how did they find it well yeah. the answer is according to the shamans they said that the plants told them Ooh, whoa so the plants were like ingest <sighs> me or it's something. like in pocahontas when the tree speaks to her the tree speaks to her and then oh. the winds oh yes voices yeah the colors of the wind Yes. Okay, so usually ayahuasca is consumed by a group of people during a ceremony that is conducted by shamans who are trained in ayahuasca called ayahuasqueros or ayahuaceros. And people are not supposed to be doing ayahuasca by themselves because it is a hallucinogenic drug and it can be very dangerous and you're not really in your right mind and you might be thinking that you're doing one thing and actually doing another. So it does need to be supervised. So often people do it in big groups where there is a shaman who's leading it and then there are other people in the room who are kind of observing um, and just, Mm. you know, tending to and aiding those who are participating in the ceremony. And sometimes the ceremonies are very quiet and at other times there is – the shaman will sing and make noise with chacapas, which are these noisy leaf fans. And sometimes they also will smoke Amazonian tobacco and blow it around the space and in the participating people's like faces to help huh. cleanse the space and the people. And during wow. the ceremony, the plant spirits, the shaman, and the ayahuasca all work together to heal those around them and also open up the portal between the human world and the spiritual realm so that all the participants can experience truth. Whoa. It's kind of like the answers to the world or whatever. Whatever those individual people need to know. Mm-hmm. And participants can ask for healing and they usually are granted what they are asked for. And a lot of people have reported being cured from whatever ailment they had even from some pretty serious disorders. So I've read that. I read that it was like, oh, people have been cured from all these like things that like they'd never, modern medicine, Western medicine said that they'd never be cured from. But then when I was actually like trying to find those things, I didn't really find anything. So huh. that's just what I read on the internet. There's nothing backing it up that I at least found. Right. While people say that the end result is all very worth it, what you take out of it is so worth it. The actual mixture, the ayahuasca brew, is so gross and it makes people very, very sick. People will defecate on themselves. Oh, my They'll God. everywhere. They just get really, really scared and they shake and the feelings are so, so vivid and so deep and so intense. No. That's a part of the ceremony and it's part of the purging process and you have to purge before you can heal. So you literally crap yourself and throw up everywhere to then like get out. They say it's like – the release of blocked energies, you vomit out your ego, and people oh. will scream in pain and confusion and relief, like, all no. at the same time. That sounds horrible. Sounds I can awful. only take, like, half of a melatonin, and I'm still, like, I go crazy from it. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I can barely handle Claritin. <laughs> There's no way we're doing this. <laughs> no way. Yeah, no way. People have likened it to the feeling of dying and, like, they're fighting for their Why? life and fighting to be conscious. No. 
Yeah, it sounds so, so awful, but those who've participated in this ceremony say that once you see what can come from it, you end up feeling very prideful. And like oftentimes these ayahuasca ceremonies, people will travel down and pay like hundreds to thousands of dollars to participate in these ceremonies. Hmm. And they will do ceremonies for like three to five days. So like the first day is always very shocking. I'm sorry, what? Three to five days of this? Oh, yeah, they trip for, like, a long time. So the first night, they'll, like, have a really hard time and be vomiting and all this stuff, and it'll be terrifying. But after a few days, they say that they almost have, like, this pride come over them when they start vomiting again because it's like, oh, it's coming. The visions are coming. The healing is coming. Like, I'm succeeding in my journey. Wow. Ayahuasca is also said to adapt to whatever the person's culture is, and it helps aid in spiritual awakening while taking on the traditions of that person who is drinking this potion. And the drug itself activates part of the brain, the hippocampus, which is associated with memories. And so often when people are taking ayahuasca and they have these visual hallucinations as a result of the like DMT and all of whatever's in it, mm-hmm. whatever else is hallucinogenic in it, their experience often involves parts of their own personal lives because it is calling upon old memories because it's triggering triggering huh. your hippocampus. And so it makes the experience very, very personal for each person. Interesting. People feel like they have a deep understanding of why things are the way they are. And like they understand what their purpose is and like what they should do when they walk away from this ceremony. Whoa. While hallucinating, people often report seeing geometric shapes that represent the textiles and ceramics of the native Shipibo people of Peru. Which I think is really cool. That is if everyone's kind of like sharing this one vision. Right. Especially if you're coming from a place where you don't have knowledge of that. Others see their own relatives. They see spirit animals from that area, such as the jaguar, the leopard, the frog, the lizard, and the snake. And these spirit mm-hmm. animals appear more often because they are native to these lands. And if you see the jaguar spirit, it is said that you may actually be seeing ayahuasca herself, this spirit plant. Yeah, so it's like another higher power communicating to you. And depending on the spirit animal, there's different messages behind them. So for example, if a snake appears to you, it means that you need to shed your skin and change directions. It's some sort of sign of rebirth to come. Hmm. Um, People also see different landscapes. They see some paranormal creatures and extraterrestrial spirits. (gasps) Ooh, yeah, and actually, I have like I have like a little sidebar story. So I do indirectly know someone who took ayahuasca, traveled down to Peru and took ayahuasca. But he told me that during the ceremony, he met and spoke to the people who lived in the center of one of Saturn's moons. What? Yes, and it was an interesting thing to hear this because. Like, knowing it's a psychedelic drug, I assumed – I would assume that he was tripping. But he himself truly, truly believes that that's what happened and that he made that contact. Hmm. So it's almost like a separation between the people who haven't done it and the people who have where it's like the people outside are like, well, there's all this – all of these, like, things that would point to it being, you know, a chemical reaction in your brain. But the people who experience are – experience it are like it's so different from a normal drug it's so different from like normal psychedelic drugs 
the experience that you have that it can't be explained as anything other than like a true spiritual connectedness. Well, also it kind of, okay, like similar to paranormal experiences, like who are we, people who have never experienced taking the drug ayahuasca, who are we to judge and say what someone experienced isn't real, wasn't true, similar to ghosts. Like if you've never seen ghosts, you're more likely to be like, well, I don't believe in them. But you can't discredit someone's experience. Exactly. But it's hard. It almost reminded me of the OA, like the first season of the OA where it's like you were constantly between wanting to believe it and not, you know, Mm -hmm. like trying Mm -hmm. to find a real reason or backing or like why someone would think that this would happen or has happened. Right. And then being like, oh, but that would make sense. Who am I to to say no to that and be so narrow-minded and be so simple? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. But I'm going to tell you about some people's experiences during and after ingesting ayahuasca. There are just a ton of recorded experiences online. So I'd recommend that everyone goes and just looks it up. Like people have written huge articles like day by day, minute by minute yeah. of what they've felt. Because if I told you someone's entire experience, it would th- this episode would be like five hours long. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you some like little pieces or some big okay. takeaways that people have had. Cool. Okay. One person was visited by five jaguars. So remember, the if the jaguar visits you, it's ayahuasca. So she believes that the five jaguars were a representation of ayahuasca. And they were trying to get her to run after them, like, in the forest. And mm-hmm. she took that as she just needed to, like, let go because she was having a hard time participating in the ceremony and, like, disconnecting from her mind. And so ayahuasca came and was like, just let it be. Like, let Whoa. it go. And so huh. she ran into the forest with ayahuasca. Oh, my gosh. Cool. And yeah, I know, which I was like, did her mind run into the forest? I sure as hell hope the actual people in the ceremony didn't let her physical body run into right. the rainforest. Well, that's what's interesting because the people say with hallucinogenic drugs or just drugs in general, like there is this this feeling of removal from your body, like the astral self kind of goes mm-hmm. and wanders so maybe it was her astral self running that's what i assumed because it would be really scary to think that people could actually wander off into like the, the jungle right with all those predators and like getting lost that's yeah. scary that's scary another person was given through his experience he was given deep empathy for the world and for nature and understood how everything was connected to each other like how the air and the food becomes us once ingested And he developed a huge respect for the earth and nature and just, like, kind of looked at how everything was, like, intertwined. Circle of life. The circle of life. Um, Another man went, and he had a horrible experience the first day. He was filled with paranoia. He was vomiting. He was sweating. He was confused. But he continued to participate in the ceremony because I think he was on, like, a three-day ayahuasca Mm -hmm. uh, ceremony. And... Through those additional days of participating, he was given insight into his own areas for improvement. So, for example, he realized or was given the message that he needed to stop being so judgmental and that he also needed to listen more. So when people confided in him, he was someone who was so quick to jump to offering advice or offering solutions, thinking that someone was telling him this because, you know, they wanted to hear something when most of the time people are just trying to vent. And so he realized he needed to, like, take a step back and, like, really just provide 
ears to listen to instead of being the person that was like, oh, well, you should do this or, oh, you should do that or have you tried? So like he learned that about himself. And what's really interesting is there have been a lot of, um, in the articles that I read, there were a lot of accounts where people decided to go and do ayahuasca because they had run into like an old colleague or friend on the street or had seen someone that was close to them after coming back from an ayahuasca ceremony and that they almost were unrecognizable, that they were like what hugely glowing and just like this most amazing aura about them, just totally changed person, like at peace, so happy, like turn their lives around. That's kind of crazy. So that's what encouraged other people to go down for themselves. Right. Other people have gained insight into their personal relationships with their family members and maybe with their partners. And actually, one such person was Chelsea Handler. No way. And Actually, wait, Chelsea didn't she? Chelsea Handler. I would say, didn't she do a show about it? Yes. Yes, she did. Did you watch Chelsea Does? No, I haven't. I just remember seeing something about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I watched like the first season or two of that show, Chelsea Does, which is basically Chelsea Handler created the show where she explores four topics that really spark her interest. And one of those topics is drugs. So she and a couple friends went down to South America and they participated, like the three of them participated in ayahuasca ceremony with a shaman. Wow. And her friends were pretty messed up and they were like sweating and getting sick. And Chelsea was totally fine. <laughs> So she was like, maybe it's just my tolerance for drugs (laughs) or something. So she ended up requesting more. And I'm pretty sure she drank a second cup of the brew. No way. Yeah. So then she experienced ayahuasca. It It took effect on her. And she said that she had these beautiful images of her sister and of herself. And they were kayaking and they were laughing. And the message, it's funny because it's like people get images, but the message they take away from it is so deep or so pointed So it's like they themselves don't really have to interpret the message as much. It's just somehow like given to them. And she said that she understood from that vision that she needed to be much more kind and loving towards her sister. Wait, that's so sweet. I know. It's very sweet. So some people like really take away some great things from it. And Chelsea Handler is not the only celebrity who's taken ayahuasca. There have been a bunch. For example, just a few, just to name a few. And there's many more who... Probably many that we haven't openly talked about it, but for those who have openly said that they have experimented with ayahuasca, uh, Paul Simon, Woody Harrelson, Susan Sarandon, Miley Cyrus, and Sting, just to name a few. Wow. And I want to read you what Sting said. So Sting said, quote, I think about 20 years ago, I was in Brazil and I met somebody in Copacabana and Trudy and I, my wife, got in the back of his car and were mysteriously led out of Rio through the shanty towns and into the jungle. There was a big church and they handed out this brew and Trudy and I looked at each other. We saw everybody drinking it, so we did. I drank it in one, and then after four minutes, something was coursing through every cell in my body, like an intelligence searching everything. And I am wired to the entire cosmos. I look at the ground, and I see a crack in the ground, and inside that crack, I see a little flower growing, and it's my brother. Everything. And I realize for the first time that this is the only genuine religious experience I've ever had. It is this direct access to the Godhead or whatever you think that is. But I thought it was so interesting how he said that it feels like there's an intelligence 
searching everything, like coursing through your veins, searching for what yeah. you need. It's so interesting. Which is interesting, but it also like it, it speaks to what I think is true, just like this, the fact that our energies within our body is connected to the universe, right? We are stardust, if that, mm-hmm. you know, so we are part of that. We are stardust. That's, that's just science. Right. <laughs> so we are part of the cosmos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so wild what some people take away from it. And everyone takes away different messages from these, from these ceremonies. And mm-hmm. one thing that I think is really interesting is that while, while ayahuasca is said to tailor to like your own specific needs, your own beliefs and religions and whatever message you need at that moment, mm-hmm. like as it's a spirit guide, I think it's very interesting that everyone, it pretty much remains the same across the board, that everyone feels this deep spiritual connectedness as if your own self and the world around you kind of dissolve into this one being. Right. And it's it's an understanding of the world that just can't be explained well to those who haven't experienced it. Like I can read about this and I can read about other people's exper- experiences and try to understand it, but until you live it, you don't know. It's like near it's probably like near death experiences. It's like you mm-hmm. hear about people who have near death experiences or you hear about people who astral travel and they they have these experiences and you're like, "What? Are you sure it wasn't a dream? Or are you sure it's so easy to say, are you sure it wasn't this or that?" because it's so right. hard to wrap your mind around some of these things. Mhm. I just and everyone also just has different experiences with each thing, you know? So Right. It's hard to pin down what it is. But one thing I like about plants as spirit guides is that it seems to be, whereas most other spirit guides choose you, you Mm -hmm. are able to seek out this plant spirit guide, that it's universal that anyone can go to this plant spirit guide. Right, right. For guidance. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So that's ayahuasca and people's experiences. But I do want to end this by encouraging people to maybe try meditation before moving to ayahuasca as a yes. uh, way to gain access to greater understanding in the spirit world. Because just to maybe deter you somewhat, there have been a few deaths from, not from consuming ayahuasca, but from the side effects or other parts of the ceremony. So, for example... Um, one person fell unconscious and actually had a heart attack. And when they were trying to rush him to the hospital, he fell off of the motorcycle and hit his head and passed away. And he was like 23 Whoa. or something like that. It was really, really horrible. And then another person died from tobacco poisoning from drinking this concoction that you drink as part of the ceremony or that you can drink as part of the ceremony that helps you purge, that makes you throw up. So he had tobacco poisoning. And Ugh. there's just been others too. So it's, it is a hallucinogenic drug. And everybody's body reacts differently. And it is right. risk that you take when you consume something. It's like, right. and it, you know, it's like prescription drugs if you want to liken it to that. Some people take Percocet after surgery and they are A-OK. Other people take it and they're just like, can I have another? Can I have another? You never know how your own body is going to react. Right. I also, just going back to your meditation thing. There, there are studies of if you meditate for a certain amount of time, it has the same effects, this like leaving your body and almost hallucinogenic feeling, but it's natural. Like yes. one, of, one of my friends was talking about how he did this retreat 
up in some mountain somewhere in LA and it was just like a 10 day retreat where you have no cell phone and you literally cannot talk for 10 days and you just spend all day meditating. And he said it was like this amazing come to experience where he learned so much about himself because the first day is like you're sitting there and you're like all of these thoughts of things that are issues in your life just keep coming up and you have to learn how to deal with them and then also just like be silent and one with yourself and like let yourself experience life without all these all the noise that we have constantly yeah and i'll i'll say this too yoga is a form it can be a form of meditation yeah and i there is a woman and i could literally draw you a picture of her because she is burned into my head Uh and i i imagine that this is much like the experience that a lot of these people had when they ran into someone and was like whoa what what happened to you there was a woman and I was with a group of people, some of our friends probably, I can't remember who exactly was with us, but I was with a mixed group of uh, men and women and it was probably back in like 2013 in Santa Monica, California. And we were going to, we just parked in a parking garage and the elevator doors opened and there was a woman in there and she had her yoga mat with her like on her back and Sabrina, I can't even describe it. She was literally glowing. Like, I feel like I could (laughs) see her aura. She had this, like, golden sheath around her, and she couldn't stop herself from smiling. She was just, like, smiling already and, like, so, so connected to something and so at peace and so, like, all-knowing all at once. And of us walked in, and we said, hi. And she said, hi. And then when she got off of the elevator, like, our whole group was, like, whoa we were oh my all gosh. so taken aback and amazed by this one woman like everyone saw it that's so wild and yes. also i do yoga like three times a week how many times do i have to do it to become like that i do it a lot too i i don't know i think it has to do a lot with you have to practice the meditation like there was a time when i was i don't think i've ever been too good at silencing my brain but there was a point where i yeah. was really really trying hard to focus on like my breathing and focus on not having my thoughts wander too much and like really really meditate right. during yoga and there was a time when it was much easier for me but now oh my god i'm all over the place right that's true it's hard yeah. it's hard to take the time to do that for yourself right uh, but just to go back, just to close out the ayahuasca as a spirit guide, if you are still trying to do this and are going to do it, just know that there are only a few licensed retreats and there are a ton of unlicensed ones. So do your Ugh. research. Yeah, that sounds scary. Yeah. My biggest concern about, well, aside from the fact that it's a drug, is the idea of a bunch of people shitting themselves in a room together oh my god and you're like (laughs) you're in like this hot damp wet climate oh can you imagine the smells no thank you why does no one write about the smells yeah i need to read an article just about the smells (laughs) i don't know if you want to read that (laughs) that might deter everyone yeah, our imagination can do enough. Oh, yeah. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's one of the drugs used. And actually, like you had mentioned in the very, be- very beginning when you guessed peyote, that's another one that is associated with being used by shamans and right a plant associated with, you know, like acting as uh, spiritual guidance. Yeah. Fascinating. So I have a story from Liz and it's called Three Ghost Cats. 
She says, hi, ghostesses. My name is Liz, and I just recently found your podcast about a month or so ago. I was never really into podcasts, but I love listening to yours. The Encounters episodes are my favorite. I have had so many various encounters, but never speak about them because people think I'm pa- think I'm being paranoid. So I love hearing that people have spe- experiences like mine. On the topic of experiences, I thought I'd spin you a yarn of a happy haunting. I'm in college, and last semester, I moved into a new apartment with some new roommates. One of them, Rosie, actually introduced me to your podcast. They are all very spiritually in tune and communicate with spirits often. I should also mention that I brought my beloved cat, Stinky, with me when I moved in. Oh, cute. (laughs) Stinky. My family and I love cats. Anyway, about a week after moving in, Rosie comes into my room and asks me, Did you ever own a light tan cat and a darker tabby cat? As it turns out, they had been seeing a tan cat and a dark tabby cat follow me around the house and run up and down the staircase. I had always seen cat-shaped shadows for most of my life, but never paid it too much mind until this happened. I just assumed that it was my, my mind playing tricks on me. But here's where it gets extra spooky. Two years prior, both of my childhood cats, Squeakers, Light Tan, and Cuddles, Dark Tabby, had passed away. A few months apart. Spooky, right? I had never mentioned my other cats to Rosie at this point. There was no way they could have known about my kitties on the other side. After that, it got me thinking. Whenever I was really young, really, really young, around four or five, I would see a dark cat-shaped shadow out of the corner of my eye, before I even had a pet cat of my own. I thought I was just being an imaginative kid, but my mom told me she would see cat shadows all the time too, but she thought it was just her mind expecting to see a cat and tricking itself into seeing one. A few days before I was born, in 99, yes, I'm a youngin, my mom had to put down her cat, Fishface. Oh my god, these names for cats are amazing. I know, I'm loving them. Stinky and Fishface. Yeah. He was a nearly black tabby and lived a full life. My mom always said that in his last days, he just looked at her and said, you'll have your hands full with another little one soon. My time is done. And that was that. I soon realized that as a kid, I had been seeing fish face way before I even knew what a ghost was. Now I see both squeakers and cuddles around the house all the time, more often than I had before. It's super reassuring, and Stinky gets along with them really well. Squeakers was my protector and my best friend growing up, because I was an only child, and I couldn't help but feel like she passed the baton to Stinky. Whenever Stinky sits on the floor and stares into the wall, I like to think her and squeakers are talking about me, looking after me, and keeping me safe. Anyway, I thought I would just send in a cute little story for you guys to read. A lot of the encounters are spooky, so I thought I'd give you guys a happy one. I have a ton of other stories I'll send to you guys later. See you on the other side, Liz. I love that. I know. (laughs) And I love to think that the cat's not just, like, appearing, but but actually, like, darting around and running around, just, like, following her around the house, just being a cat, living out his life. I also just love that it's a family thing. Like all, like her mom also sees cats roaming around, and it's cute. And it's their family cats. Like that, they, they are all guided by their cats and protected by their cats. Right. Obviously, they're very connected. They definitely, I think, have cats as their spirit guides. I'm jealous of them too. Their cats have cat spirit guides. Oh, I like that. Leia, do you have a cat spirit guide? That's who she's looking at up in the ceiling, up in the oh, corner. Maybe. Maybe. Just another floating cat. And she's like, how the heck did they get up there? How can I get up there? She's a vertical kitty. She likes to be up high. So maybe she's jealous of the vertical kitty. I bet. What a lovely experience, though. I know. I love it. And to to know or to have your what you've seen 
turn out to be not just a random cat, but a like loved family member cat and to be like, oh my goodness. Yeah. That explains so much. And like that cat knows me and I know that cat, even though we didn't really realize it. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I have one that's called Angel Story. Not scary. You can read it at night. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. And it is from Megan. Hello, Corinne and Sabrina. I love the podcast. I listen to Pass the Time in the Car and at work. Can't listen at night, though. Too spooky. Anyway, I thought I would share a story about one of my angels, Jose. Back in 2003, my family went through a horrible tragedy. We had a foreign exchange student from Ecuador named Jose who was literally an angel on earth. And he came from a wealthy family and he spent a lot of his free time giving food to the poor down in Ecuador. He was truly loved by everyone he met and he instantly became a part of our family when he came to live with us. I was 14 and my brother was 17. And on May 31st, 2003, my brother... Jose and another friend, Chris, were in a single car rollover accident after going to a grad party about two hours from home. My brother was the only one in the car wearing a seatbelt, and he was the only one not ejected from the vehicle. No drugs and no alcohol were involved. It was just a freak accident. Jose tragically died on the scene. Oh, my God. And the medics thought Chris was going to have multiple broken bones and a potential spine injury by just looking at his condition. They had to call in a helicopter and have him transported quickly to a bigger hospital, hoping they would help him more quickly. Easily, one of the worst days of my life, obviously. Luckily, my brother was fine with just a few cuts and scrapes. The next few weeks were a blur, and about a year later, my mom told me about some strange occurrences that happened around the time of the accident. Here's where some spiritual stuff comes in. Chris, the other friend ejected from the car, was thrown a decent distance from the car. Like I said, the paramedics on site thought he was going to have some lifelong injuries to recover from. My mom told me that the paramedic was asking about after the accident, because Chris was found with a sweater underneath his head when they arrived at the accident scene. But the sweater wasn't Chris's. It was Jose's. And what injuries did Chris have when this was all over? A broken leg. That is it. Nothing. We truly believe that Jose placed his sweater underneath Chris's head and protected him when Jose passed over to try to help his friend. Next, a few Two days after Jose had passed away, one of his favorite teachers went to say goodbye to him in the morgue. Strange, I know, I wouldn't do that. But she apparently talked to him and she cried, yelled, and screamed at him that if he were just wearing his seatbelt, he would have been alive that day. And that he wouldn't have been causing all of these people this much pain. And she looked down at his face. And there was a tear rolling down his cheek. Oh, my gosh. Two days after he was pronounced dead. I 100% believe that Jose has served as a protector to my family over the years. My brother got in another freak accident in the Rockies a few years ago. Another friend of Jose's was in the car as well, and they all walked away unscathed. I also had a reading from a medium last fall, and she told me that Jose was acting as my spirit guide while my husband... And I were trying to conceive and that she saw him standing with two young girls waiting for me. I found out a couple months after the reading that I was pregnant and I found out more recently that it's a girl. 
just like she said. Oh, <laughs> it's comforting to know that he's watching over us on the other side. Thanks for reading. I hope you enjoyed a comforting story about a loved one acting as a spirit guide. See you on the other side, Megan. My eyes are so filled with like, I'm so teary. I know that one really got me. Oh, and yeah. the ending, like the, oh, that's so, I love He's the, I love, there yeah. With two I girls waiting girls for you. <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't it? There's, it's just too many things that are so unexplainable. And so obviously Jose watching yeah. over people, giving them signs and protecting his loved ones, just as he did when he was alive. He was an amazing, amazing guy. Always yeah. trying to figure out how to take care of others, it sounds. sounds oh, my like. gosh. Even in the moment he died, he tried to take care of Chris. I know. What an impact. Man. Uh, that, the <sighs> I changed my mind. I don't, I'm not using my wish on Halloween Town. He's changed me. Jose saved <laughs> Saved my <laughs> my wish. He and saved all your spirit, that... your soul. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. The fr- the freak accident, and I mean, wear your seatbelt, guys. This it's no joke. Yeah. If like... that's if that's proof, I mean, Megan's brother was the only one wearing his seatbelt, and he yeah. had just a couple scrapes with a full car rollover. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's so tragic, but I I do I am glad that Jose's spirit is you know is helping others and and being so protective and kind and and a guardian. Mhm. I'm so curious when she has her second child if it I will know. be a, a daughter. Ah. But man oh man. Yeah. Oh, and, and congrats on the pregnancy. This email wasn't from that long ago. Oh, yeah. That's – when is it from? Oh, it's like a month ago. Yeah. Two months ago. Two months ago. Whoa, cool. Congrats. Congrats. See, there are so many different types of spirit guides. I know. And I do believe that everyone has one. I just – I want to be connected to mine. Yeah. Maybe you are in so many ways and you just don't realize it. I mean – you yourself say that people don't see you and they run into you and <laughs> their cars are – like you should have been probably in an accident by now. But you have someone looking over you. Mm. <laughs> I mean people have walked into me many times. So I don't – I don't know. I don't know. I also was – the first year out of college, I was rear-ended four times. Okay. Well, maybe not in the vehicle way. But <laughs> think about how far you've gotten as a writer. You are further than – a lot of people hope to be in their careers, and maybe you have a spirit guide that just kept kicking you in, in the butt, saying you could do but it. But I like to take credit for my own success. Okay. Maybe that's why my spirit guide's like, Beach, please, I don't want to show up to you if you're going to take credit for all this shit. <laughs> I try and try and try my whole life to help you, and then the second you find success, you leave me behind. You know what? I worked my own ass off. I dedicated the time, so I'm going to take credit for where for all the shit I've done and where I'm at. But thank Good you, Spirit you. Guide, if you have helped me. <laughs> I feel grateful. There we go. <laughs> uh, if you have any stories that have to do with anything paranormal, spiritual, if you have a spirit guide or if you have a spirit cat or if you if you feel like I have a spirit guide cat, please email us. Uh, at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com.
Just like we said, we have live shows. So check it out on our website. You can find the link. You can also find it on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, we have social media. We have Instagram to follow. We have Twitter. We have a Facebook group that you can also join so long as you just answer the questions and our moderators run it. They're amazing and they keep the place as like respectful as possible. And it's just an awesome community. Yeah, it is. And you can rate and review us on iTunes. Please do that. It actually is kind of one of the most important things you can do in terms of supporting this podcast. So do it. And you can also support us by supporting us on Patreon or buying merch. Mm -hmm. And we will see see you on on the the other other side. side.